Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. We are blessed that you're with us again today as we continue our study of Revelation, the book of Revelation. Uh, today we will be uh, delving into chapter 19, which is an exciting chapter. You're going to love what you get today. Uh, and well, I can hardly wait to get started. Uh, without further ado, uh, get ready, get your, get your Bibles ready. Uh, and you might want to take some notes uh, this session. We're going to be covering some some really exciting information that that uh, you I think you're going to be glad to hear if you're saved. Uh, and uh, if you're unsaved, I think you're going to be glad to hear it also. So if you're ready, I'm going to let uh, Pastor Chamberlain take the microphone and get us started. Pastor. Thank you, Curtis. Um, what a privilege it is again, once again, to be able to present the word of God um, to those who will listen. Amen. We'll be in Revelation chapter 19. Yes. But we need to do a few things first. First of all, um, why are we doing this for crying out loud? Why are we doing this? Well, is that a real question? It's a real question. <laughs> and I'm going to answer it from right. the from the scripture because we have an admonition. There's an admonition to the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 3. Okay, yes. And God says to Ezekiel in verse 4 and he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowl, bowels with this roll, and that was a roll of the scripture, that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was on my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, and here's what I want you to get to, to digest. This is why we're doing this. And he said, Son Son of man, go get thee into the house, unto the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. Now understand, everything that we do here, we're going to try to make it just as scriptural as we, as is humanly and spiritually possible. And that's what Ezekiel was told <laughs> to do. And that's what we want to do. Uh, in the same chapter uh, of Ezekiel, chapter 3, verse 17, he says this to Ezekiel, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth, and make no mistake, this word of God is from God's mouth. Hear the word at my mouth, and give them warning from me. Oh, and later on in the book of Ezekiel, he says, you're to do this. In Ezekiel 33, he said, you're to do this whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. Right. And so we have no choice since we know this wonderful admonition. That's right. And 
and it, it's something that we just have to do. Revelation chapter 22 oh, yes. sort of puts the exclamation point uh, in this wonderful proclamation of God from Ezekiel. And we'll get to chapter 22 as soon as we can. Well, we, I don't want to hurry, but, but I, want, I want to show you what Jesus said. In, to, to, to finish things up, to put a cap on these things. And I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. Now, that's the first time since chapter 3 that the word church occurs in, in, the, the, book book in the book of the Revelation. Yep. That's right. And... Uh, and so that's what we're attempting to do. Maybe some of you don't don't, or maybe can't attend church regularly. But if you're a born-again believer, you are part of the church of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You are, you are first of all, the bride of Christ. And we'll talk about that uh, in, in this in this chapter. Then you're talk, uh, then you're called the body of Christ. Right. And then in, and then you're called the building of Jesus Christ. All of those things happen in the book of Ephesians, uh, which we're going to go into after we finish the book of the Revelation. It's my favorite uh, of Paul's epistles. And so we're doing this because we're responsible yes. to do it. Yes. Now, understand, uh, Curtis and I will both sign a, a, a letter if it says on there, uh, if I know anything, it's that I don't know everything. That's for sure. But the things that I do know, yeah. uh, I'm responsible for teaching others. That's right. And so that's what we're attempting to do here. Now, before we go into chapter 19, let me just say this. Uh, we've gone through three sets of seven judgments, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven vials. And at the end of these judgments, we come to, we come to uh, uh, chapter 19 of the book of the Revelation. And it's all about the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Jesus Christ is going to come back in two different um, administrations. That's right. The first time, he's going to come back for the church which is the bride of Christ. Right. And he's going to rapture us. He's going to come in the clouds and with a voice. Uh, and, and he's going to holler to the believers who are both alive at that time and those who have died beforehand to come up. What's he going to say? Come up hither. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yes, he is. And we're going to do it. Yes, we are. And then, and then we'll, so shall we ever be with the Lord. So, so that's the first uh, 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 segment of Christ's second coming. He doesn't come to earth at that point. That's right. But in Revelation chapter 19, we'll see his literal, physical, visible return to earth. He places his feet on the earth, and we'll see this in chapter 19 of the book of the Revelation. Now, now understand the things that we're going to talk about at Revelation 19 have been uh, have already been talked about in the Gospels. Every one of the Gospels uh, 
every one, every one of them, talks about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, I'm going to give you some time to turn uh, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Yes. Matthew chapter yes. 24. And at verse 16, Jesus says, excuse me, chapter 6. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. You know right where I'm going. I raised you for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure to do this with my son. Amen. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 6, it says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and, and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. Then let's go down to the verse 15 of chapter, uh, chapter 24 of Matthew. And, and it says, uh, and when ye therefore shall see the abomination of the desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Now, all the rest of this goes on to talk about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation period. Understand. The, set, the, the literal physical return of Jesus Christ, the visible return of Jesus Christ, is explicit. Oh, it is. It happens at the end of the tribulation. That's right. Now, the rapture is not explicit. No. No, because we don't, we don't know. We don't know what time. Now, I'm saying these things to you to tell you this. Curtis and I both have been asked in his teachings in his local church and, and in pastoring from the pulpit and my home Bible studies and everything. Um, when, when is going to be the end time? And we do not know. We don't know when he's coming back either, for sure. We, we, we just, we just don't know. Can't, can't set a date or time. Yeah. And, and there are people who are, date setters oh, yeah. and they should not be no, look should. at uh, mark chapter mm. 13 mark chapter 13 verse 7 now i may god makes things plain he says and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. Yep. Yep. Well, when does yet mean? Mm -hmm. It's indefinite. We it we do not know. It we is. we cannot know, and God doesn't want us to know. No. He wants you to get ready now. That's correct. And in Luke chapter 21, turn to that quickly, Luke chapter 21, we'll begin reading with verse uh, 025. 
There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And then verse 28, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. But we still don't know the time or the date for that. No, no, we don't. In in John 14, 3, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. But 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 when? <laughs> when? Yeah, when? It, it's not for you to know nope. the times nor the seasons. No. It's not for you to know. That's right. And God hasn't told us exactly when. And again, I repeat, how come? Because now is the time. That's Today right. is the day of salvation. Be prepared now. Be prepared now before it's too late. That's right. Now, we don't want to scare you into salvation. We want you to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's how you can be saved. Baptism doesn't save you. Um, Worshiping uh, Mary does not save you. Worshiping any man on earth, holding anybody up uh, to be uh, more than you ought to. No, none of that. Right. Water baptism, um, nothing. Uh, You could memorize uh, the whole New Testament and not believe and you're lost. That's right. So, uh, believe today. That's our message. Now, with that said, we're going to go into Revelation chapter 19, and this is after the seventh vial is poured out upon the earth. And it's probably, uh, I can't tell you how thrilled I am just every time I read this. (laughs) Now, I'm going to give you a six-point outline. And I don't know if we'll finish it today. Uh, that's not a trick to get you to listen in the next time. It simply no. means that there's so much in this chapter certainly uh, that Cur- Curtis and I, uh, and we've talked this over all week long. And <laughs> and uh, and uh, he may be getting tired of me. I'm not. Get- <laughs> no. I mean, no, 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 no. And just before we go into reading uh, this chapter um, 19. Uh, we have we have uh, we have done some thirty episodes. Uh, Thirty four. Thirty four of them, and for the first time, Curtis and I are in the same room, hey. sitting at the same table, yeah. looking at each other face to face, and it's all because a very good friend, a godly friend of ours, and he didn't want his name mentioned, but I'm gonna uh, but I'm gonna mention that he did it because yeah, if you're listening. Brother, uh, we love you and yes, thank you for do. this. Thank you so Curtis and I have been given a, a, a new microphone whereby we can both sit. We don't have to do anything by telephone or anything like that and sit in different rooms. We started when he was in, 
when he was in Texas for crying out loud. And he's here in central Illinois right now. And we're looking at each other face for face. And I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse because both of us <laughs> are pretty ugly. Come true. to think of that's true. Okay. So now you can laugh if you want to folks. Yeah. Okay. No, he's a good looking guy. <laughs> Revelation chapter 19. Point number one, Roman numeral one, if you're taking notes. And we'll call this the anthem of praise. Now, in this anthem of praise, we see four times the word hallelujah. Yeah. It means praise the Lord. That's right. It, it's, and, and there's four parts to this anthem of praise. There are four hallelujahs. Right. The first one we find in the first two verses. It says, and after these things, well, after what things? Don't you love these chronological words? Yes, I do. After these things, that's after the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven <clears throat> vials. That's right. I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. You notice all those four things? The four things. Yeah. Salvation, four. glory, and honor and power. There's four hallelujahs there, right. and there's four things That's that right. they give God praise for. That's right. Okay, so there's four hallelujahs. By the way, in biblical numerology, the number four always deals with the earth. That's right. It has four seasons, four directions, and so forth. So it always deals with the earth. So why is it dealing with the earth? Because Jesus is going to come back to the earth. And so these are four things that we're giving him praise for. And so, and so um, um, uh, if you're taking notes, um, capital letter A under Roman numeral one is hallelujah number one, the fame of God. They're, they're crying hallelujah because of his wonderful glory, a glorious, great reputation. That's right. They knew him. That's right. A capital letter B, it says this in verse number three. It says this, or verse number two, it says, For true and righteous are his judgments, and he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants upon her head. And and then uh, and then he says this, and again they say, "Hallelujah!" And her smoke rose up forever. And that's talking about the destruction, the fate of Babylon. Hallelujah! Number three is found in verse four, because it's excuse me. In verse three, the four and twenty elders are singing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, for these four and 20 elders represent those who have been raptured and are in heaven and are around the throne of God, and they're wearing crowns, which they eventually cast at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can hardly wait to do that. Uh, I, I want some crowns, don't you, Curtis? Well, I do, but only so I can cast them at his yeah. feet. Not, not, not for we're us. Not to... worthy. No, we're not worthy. We're not worthy of that's that. right. We were and by the way, none of us is worthy. We're not that's we're right. not any better or worse than anybody else out there. Um that's right. We're sinners. 
Yep. Saved by grace. We may be better off than a lot of the world. Yes. But it's only because of God's grace That's and goodness. The only reason. Well, let's look at the fourth hallelujah here. Um, and it says in um, oh, verse 10, it says, uh, yeah, let's, let's read uh, verse 6. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife, that's us, folks. And his wife hath made herself ready. Now, now. I, I'm going to stop here for a minute, and and Curtis is going to is going to tell you some things about the husband, Christ, and the wife, which is the bride, and he's going to talk to you about historically how the Orthodox Jewish wedding came about, and how it was practiced, and and how it was administered. And and he's done the study. He knows more about it than I do. And 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 uh, don't let him tell you he knows more about it than the rest of the stuff. But he knows <laughs> he knows more about this than I do. So uh, Curtis, you got the mic. All right, thanks, Pastor. Yes, uh, you know it, it. It never ceases to amaze me. Uh, in in the time I've been a born again Christian, I've had many, many, many opportunities to witness uh, to unsaved people. And, uh, you know, you when you witness to, to folks, a lot of times you'll get, you know, some of the standard arguments. And one of those arguments that seem to be used a, a quite a bit is the, the argument that, well, you know, the Bible is, you know, it's not, it, it, it doesn't belong together. The Old and New Testament, the, the Old Testament is not even valid. It, it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't really belong. It, it's not, it shouldn't be a part of the gospel. It, it just shouldn't be there. And, and I, you know, I, I take great deference to that because I believe, we believe that the word of God from Genesis to Revelation is an integrated message system, basically, uh, from God to us. And the overarching theme uh, of the entire book uh, is is two things, uh, primarily uh, to get us to understand and to know who Jesus Christ is. The volume of the book is written of him. So primarily is to get to know who Jesus is and what he's done for us and what he will do what he's promised to do for us. And uh, the, the second uh, secondary theme is all about God's grace, love, and mercy towards us who don't deserve it. And uh, it, the Old Testament belongs with the New Testament. Uh, I don't remember which, which Bible scholar said it, uh, Pastor, but uh, the saying goes like this. Uh, the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. 
and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. Amen. Ah, nothing could could be more true. Uh, again, the entire book is an integrated work from start to finish. Uh, as an example of that, let me show you uh, something about the traditional Old Testament Jewish wedding. Uh, uh, the the Hebrews uh, designed and implemented a very regimented system for uh, a marriage to take place. Uh, and I want you, while, while we're going through this, uh, very briefly, to, to keep the New Testament gospel in mind. Uh, now, the, the wedding began first uh, with a process of something called the ketubah, K-E-T-U-B-A-H, uh, which was the betrothal or commitment portion. Uh, the bridegroom would propose, if you will, to uh, the father of the bride uh, and make his commitment to the father of the bride. And the father uh, would, would either accept or reject. Uh, but once that commitment was made, they were considered betrothed or engaged to be married. And uh, the deal, the deal was sealed uh, by them drinking wine, uh, kind of a communion kind of a thing, uh, a sign of agreement uh, and, and of commitment. And that when, when that portion was done, when that portion was done, uh, the bridegroom would then depart back to his father's house. What? That's right. He would leave temporarily and go back to his father's house to prepare a place for his betrothed. At the same time, the bride was set apart uh, and she was also to be preparing for the bridegroom's return. And nobody would know at what time the bridegroom would return. It could take weeks. It could take months. It could take years. Maybe he was adding an addition onto his father's house. You know, he wanted things to be perfect for his bride. Perfect for his bride. The third part, the third step in this was that the bridegroom, once his preparations were finished, he would return for his bride. Yeah, this is where it gets good. He would come back. Nobody knows. The bride didn't know. The bride's father didn't know. The village didn't know. You know, none of the community knew when this bridegroom was coming back for his bride. But he did, and usually, and you see instances of this in the Old Testament in, oh, uh, let's see, I think in, in Joshua, no, in Judges and in Ruth, uh, you see examples of this procedure taking place. Um, but the bridegroom would come back, and he would have a wedding party with him, an escort, uh, 
you know, today we would call it the wedding party. He probably had the best man and, you know, the groomsman and all that. But he had an escort with him when he came back. And usually the tradition was for him to come back around the midnight hour or after when it would really be a surprise, you see, to everybody. And, uh, and when he would approach his, his bridegroom's place of being set apart, sanctified, huh? he would announce his return by giving a shout, Honey, I'm home. <laughs> you get this? Okay, now, now listen. They would be reunited. And this is when the actual uh, wedding or huppah, H-U-P-P-A-H, the actual huppah wedding would take place. And after the wedding, they would have a wedding feast, which traditionally lasted seven days, seven days. Oh, the number of completions. Seven days. Yeah. Need I say that again? Seven days. Now, now look, now, now that was the traditional steps taken in order for somebody to be married in, in, in the Hebrew community. And, and the Orthodox Jewish community still observes that to this day. And isn't it strangely uh, similar to the gospel in the New Testament? In fact, we see in the New Testament, this very procedure is fulfilled in Scripture. The betrothal commitments uh, portion we see uh, in 1 Corinthians 11.25. Remember, this betrothal uh, commitment portion was a covenant that was being made between the bridegroom and the bride.